the Title Town Podcast, Episode 5. Well, hi there. You're listening to Episode 5 of the Title Town Podcast. My name is Austin Gann, and I am joined, as always, by the one, the only, Daniel Marhenga. Daniel, how's it going, buddy? It's going good. That much closer to football. It looks mm-hmm. like everyone's at their training facilities dash bubble of an off season. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and so I guess we're ready to start training camp here in a week or two. Amen, buddy. Amen. Uh, you've been reading some, reading some interesting stuff lately you were telling me about before we started recording. Yeah. Uh, I started reading, well, I finished, uh, I think it's called The Quarterback Whisper by oh, Bruce. Oh, so you did finish it. I did finish it by Bruce Arians. And I've always been a big Bruce Arians fan. Yeah, Austin yeah. can attest that I thought that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were going to win the NFC South last year, but yes. I was just a year off because this is the year. Uh, yeah. And uh, it's just really interesting. I mean, him being a basically career assistant coach, and he was kind of always touted as the kind of lifetime coordinator, and then finally getting his shot when Chuck Pagano had his leukemia and started getting treatments and stuff like that. And just the respect that Bruce Arians showed through that time of just like, because they basically were kind of um, setting him up to take that job after the fact in Indy because of how well he was doing. But he goes, no, this is Chuck's job and I'll stay on as a coordinator. But if not, I'll go to Arizona and just some of the crazy stories of how he got his jobs. And then just the level of quarterbacks he got to play with. He got to play with Pate Manning, coach Pate Manning, um, Ben Roethlisberger, Carson Palmer, Luck. He kind of was the resurgence of Carson Palmer and kind of, he was talking uh, towards the back half of his book about how he had to kind of, coached Carson in a way he never coached before just because he was a well-established veteran who had all these different intangibles, different experiences. But with Luck, with Roethlisberger, and with Peyton, it was always in the early years. He did uh, the rookie years of uh, Ben Roethlisberger, Peyton Manning, and then, of course, he was kind of on that team who scouted Andrew Luck. And then he goes into kind of great detail about why he wanted Andrew Luck over Robert Griffin the third. Mm. If you remember in that draft, it was kind of these are the one and two picks, but who are they going to go to? Yeah, and so he just goes into what he looks for in a quarterback and breaks it down in a really cool way. Interesting. And then right now I'm on kind of uh, this journey with this book called Belichick and Brady, and it's just about their whole kind of from the start of Brady being drafted and Bill coming on through all their Super Bowl championships. So I'm excited. I think I'm in halfway or something through that book, but I just bought my new one today. Hopefully it'll be in, but it's called America's Quarterback. It's all about Bart Starr and the rise of the NFL. So I'm excited to get that one started too. For the Bruce Arians book, was it more so his stories than X's and O's? Um, See, the first little bit is pretty X and O heavy. In my opinion, because my dad was asking me, because he's a big Bruce Arians fan, because we've watched uh, All or Nothing with the Arizona Cardinals mm -hmm. from a few years ago. And I would say that it starts out a little bit, but he starts interjecting these stories along Mm -hmm. the way to kind of connect the X's and O's. And it is just so interesting. And it's a really, really well-written book and kind of keeps you on the edge of your seat. I. I don't think I ever finished a book fast and faster than that. I got it done really? in like a week and a half, Dang. and that's with a busy schedule. So That's awesome. Very cool. Uh, well, with that, we're going to go ahead and, and transition into Around the NFL for the News.
There it is. I'm going to give my own sound effects <gasps> to these. I didn't expect you to have anything. That, that made it's my It almost sounded real. It almost sounded real. Can, do you think you could do that again, though? <laughs> hey, I'll take it. <laughs> the, uh, the first news item, Antonio Brown received a eight-game suspension. Uh, why this is interesting is a lot of teams who may have been potentially been interested in Antonio Brown were kind of having to sit around and wait because they didn't know what his suspension was going to look like, would yeah. he even be allowed to come back in the league. So now that he's received the eight-game suspension, uh, do you think there might be a team out there that might be interested in him? A team? Not sure. Uh, I mean, you're taking a risk on him just because, like, I mean, who knows what he's going to do off the field. And if you're having to create an environment where you want to know where all your players are and you know they're, they're being responsible in this kind of COVID regular season that we're about to go into, I don't know if you trust a guy like, like, Antonio, hey, Brown. like Antonio Brown to be that guy for you. But, I mean... I could see him reuniting with Tom Brady or something. Ooh. I know we just talked about the Buccaneers, but I'm just I'm just thinking Bruce Arians works really well with kind of players who need a second chance. And it might be Antonio Brown's like fifth chance. But I think those two guys could really help that. And then Did Bruce's time in Pittsburgh overlap with Antonio Brown's? That's, yes. Did it? Yeah. Because okay. he he uh he coached in the three Super Bowls, the modern-day Super Bowls, yep. so 2005, 2008, 2008, and then 2010 when they lost to Green Bay. Mm -hmm. He was a part of all those. So then, yeah, and then I think he left in 2012 to go coach with the Colts when Chuck got on there. So that would have put him two years with Antonio. So there's some kind there's of There's a little bit of there, yeah. Yeah, but then, I mean, I always throw the Seahawks name in there for a player who needs a fresh start just because of – kind of their track record with yeah. that. But, yeah, I mean, I think some team might take a risk, especially if there's a team who's missing that offensive piece pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking you get through eight weeks of the season, you realize, hey, we get a bolster here, we can start making a playoff push, and I think Antonio Brown might be your guy. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know why Packers Twitter was freaking out this week because they wanted the Packers to sign it. That yeah, was it CBS Sports, I think, came out with that whole article on how the Packers are the top contenders, that, which yeah. is just like, eh. Like, I've got, I kind of get the whole uh, the Packers were on – uh, Everson Griffith, and apparently they gave an offer to Snacks Harrison. But this whole Antonio Brown kind of rumblings that they're trying to start, I just feel like is a bunch of crap. It would be. It just. It's not a move the Packers would make. It, it's not a. It's not a carry the G kind of move. Correct. Antonio Brown would not carry the G. <laughs> I don't know if I'd want him carrying the G. And it's not because <laughs> I I mean, you know, a few years ago, I'm a huge Antonio Brown fan. I love Antonio Brown too. But once you the start player. Uh, the player, what? but the antics and just like wanting out of uh Oakland so bad at the time and then kind of the fallout in New England like just think we're coming we're very unpredictable. Like think, at least think, this time last year, we were running up into all the antics with Antonio Brown. On I remember knocks. watching all the Hard Knocks clips, yeah, of his, his foot. foot. <laughs> that was almost a that year was ago. So, yeah, that was so gross to look at. But, so weird. But, yeah, I, I'm with you. I don't know if I would take a risk on him, nor I do I want the Packers. Are, I don't even thinking about it. I don't want the Packers to take a risk on them. But it's Packers Twitter seeing somebody that's not on the team and 
clamoring for him. As they do. As, As they, they do. do. Uh, moving on to the uh, the next item here in the news. The opt-out period passed uh, for the NFL. Uh, a few more names were added right before the deadline, but no, and no offense to the people that opted out. No, like, superstars or major big players. I know... Uh, the one corner for the Buffalo Bills was potentially on the fence about it. Yeah, uh, Tredavious White. Yes, he was on the fence about it, but he ended up not opting out. So that brings the grand total of players to 66. Yeah, and I think what's interesting is that most of these opt-outs happened uh, usually just like one or two days either before testing or into testing. But I think, and I think the rumblings around NFL facilities is is that like once the players got there, they realized how safe and how precautious yes. it was going to be. I remember this week I watched this little short from the Kansas City Chiefs on all the precautions and how all their meeting rooms are set up. And they're using all of Arrowhead Stadium. So basically the club level of their stadium, which they play on Sundays, has become their meeting rooms mm. and their dining halls and different things like that instead of, I think they usually go up to St. Joseph, which yeah. is about 30 minutes north, I think. Yes. And so now they're all at Arrowhead. They're all spaced out. They've created like three different locker rooms, mm -hmm. which is just crazy to think that they're using this much real estate, but it's making the players feel safe. And it's, I think, the best way to have a season is to get all these precautions in place yeah. so that we can have football. So and it made I think, a lot of the players more comfortable. I think so. And, I mean, you didn't see a whole lot of superstars opt out, which is really interesting. But also, I mean, they would have just made $150,000. So if they play, they're making their millions yeah. on pawn millions. So, I mean, I get why a lot of them stayed out and opted out. But, I mean, also there's a lot of money to be made. Yeah. If you feel safe and are not around a lot of high risk people, yeah, it might have been a different story for the league as a whole if there was a bunch of superstars that opted out. And I yeah. think they they would have done they it. would they have adjusted like something. I feel like they and they would have done it. The players would have done it. If they felt like they had to. Mm -hmm. they, they genuinely felt like they needed to. I, there wasn't like yeah. blackballing or ne bad eyes or anything. If you, they decided to, and opt I was out. really shocked that there wasn't more Packers just because, I mean, yeah. if you go on Packers Instagram, if you follow the players, it seems like every other player is having a kid and a newborn or something like that. So that, that was a little worrisome, but I mean, these guys are committed to play and I feel like it's a little bit easier in Green Bay, as bad as that's supposed to say, but yeah, there's, there's not, not like a nightlife. There's not distract a whole lot of distractions. Well, according it's to Devontae like, Adams, there's a bunch of clubs, <laughs> but I had people on Twitter very just like you consider these clubs. <laughs> yeah, that was just pretty funny. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it it should be an interesting season, no matter what how many players opted out. But I'm pretty sure out of the 66, 60 of the players were New England Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, majority of them were Patriots. But again, Bill Belichick will find a way to make it. He work. will find a way to make and it. And they'll work. be in the AFC. If it's his game. dog going out there, <laughs> if it's who, Nike, but who was the <laughs> who was the darling of the draft? I mean, it could happen. Yep, you can put it together. I trust in Nike. And then the last item we have on the news here, kind of a short news week. Uh, during the last week, uh, a bunch of the Packers players went, met with the media via Zoom, and there were some interesting kind of tidbits taken throughout. Uh, one of my favorites was Preston Smith <laughs> taking a shot at his former employer, the Washington Redskins. Uh, when I have the quote here, uh, when someone asked him about how weird it's going to be playing in Lambeau Field uh, without fans, and uh, the quote is, my first four years in the league, there weren't really that many fans in the stadium anyway. 
So it's kind of the new, new normal now. Yeah. What's interesting is I think it, I don't know, it was someone in Packers Twitter basically gave the rundown of the attendances compared to Green Bay to Washington. <laughs> and uh, it was actually pretty similar besides the last year he was in Redskins. I think the Packers beat him by like 30,000 people or something. Really? So it was just an interesting tidbit that someone went that far to kind of <laughs> dig up that information. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I love the whole like um, this time of the year because you get to hear from players and coaches every single day. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I haven't listened to all the players' ones. I listen to usually every one of Matt Lafleur's and usually Aaron Rodgers. And then when I, if I can find time, I listen to the other position players. But it is kind of the signaling that football is here. Yeah, is the players being in the office, the coaches kind of always meeting with the media and different things like that. So. I love to hear from them. I think there's a lot of just snippets that you can take from these press conferences yeah. and kind of start to put the puzzle together. Mm-hmm. But then also, I mean, a huge thing for me is watching Matt LaFleur from his introductory press conference a year and a half ago to yeah. now how he's just so much more comfortable yes. with the media because he was so awkward. It was so, and, you, and, and I get like, it. You're, you're getting your first NFL head coaching yeah. job and you're kind of a deer in headlights, but it, it, it was pretty bad. Yeah. Compared to what he, he's still comfortable now. He, he's comfortable now. And I think what I like about him is his message is always consistent. Yes. It's always, we're going to get better every day. It's always, we're always trying to evolve. It's always, we're trying to, kind of implement things and change the culture. And so I love that. He anytime he talks, even after a loss, I feel like we're in good hands. Yes. And so I mean, we only experienced four losses last year, but after every game I was like, this team's gonna go somewhere. We're gonna one be of okay. these days. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing, um Rick Wagner. Rick, uh, Rick Wagner. I can always jumble up his name. I know. He kind of, I thought he spelt it N O R. Is it? Or no. is it N E R? I have N E R here. I'm, I huh. could very well could be wrong. I might have made an assumption there. Yeah. Uh, but this was kind of the first time the Packers fans got to see him. Yeah. Was hear him. And I didn't know he went to Wisconsin. Yeah. And he grew up a Green Bay Packers fan. So it was very much a homecoming for him and how excited he is. To- I can't believe that wasn't a bigger storyline because I, I thought they were just bringing in a random Detroit Lion and it's like, eh. But no, that is so cool. If I love. If we would have known this back in yeah. March when he was signed, it would have been a bigger deal. I Absolutely. Think. It's him kind of. You know, I'm just- sure some people knew, but the average guy. I didn't is like, know that. Me either. So it was cool to hear him talk about playing for Wisconsin yeah. and how excited he is to be back home and playing for his favorite, the team that he grew up watching. Uh, but then also, and I, I, I know you want to talk about the, the practices in Lambeau. Yeah, Matt so I think about. it was a week ago now, Matt LaFleur said that we're going to have some walkthroughs and possibly scrimmages inside of Lambeau, which is so cool to me because like Lambeau only gets touched 10 to 11 times, depending on playoffs, a year. Yeah. The preseason, family night, and the regular season, yeah. And possible home playoff games, Mm -hmm. which we haven't had a whole lot of them recently. But, I mean, still factor. But, I mean, that is so cool to me that they're going to get out there 
and have position battles and different things on that field. And I think the way he worded it made me think that it's mostly going to be like the scrimmages that they're going to kind of have to replicate just because there is no preseason. And sometimes you just got to get these guys going after each other to really decipher who is going to fill out the bottom of the roster. And I know uh, the New England Patriots have done it for years with practicing in Foxborough. They really do it a lot during playoff game weeks. And so I just think it adds the intensity. It's something that I really hope they kind of keep around. And it is different because Lambo's natural grass compared to turf or something that has like turnaround times basically. But mm-hmm. I think it'd be super cool. I'm excited for that. Very good. With that, we're going to go ahead and transition into topic of the week. Top, 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 top. Can I do that with you? No, that's my thing. You can't have it. No? No. Is this is this you just taking your territory? Well, I mean, you created I came it. up with it originally. You just came up with one bit for the news. You I mean, it took you five have, episodes you to You are come always up with asking me to add sound bites and different things. Yeah. So I'm thinking if we double it, we could create some real synergy. No, this is my thing. You need to figure out all the other things if this first. this is the hill you're going to die on, If you can figure on, you out all the it. other segments and come up with sound bites for all the other segments, then I might think about it. We should you. add some pizzazz or something to it, like a little, I'm not against that. A little rattle or something. Yeah, like, I'm not against that, but for can now. Can we say it together? No, for now, you need to back off. This is mine. <laughs> topic, topic, topic. <laughs> no. Topic, topic, mm. topic, topic, topic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, gosh. That's the perfect segment transition right there. I, I, I'm, I'm just befuddled at the moment. Uh, the topic of the week is going to be NFL award predictions for 2020. Uh, this is going to be one of the, uh, the few preview slash prediction shows that we're going to do or topics that we're going to have before the season starts. And when I refer to uh, NFL awards, if, if you remember, uh, way back in February, the night before the Super Bowl, the NFL always has uh, their award show, NFL Honors. Uh, the, where they gave out MVP, Coach of the Year. I don't think I've ever watched that. I, I always like the monologues because the well, don't they announce the Hall of Famers there? Yes, they also announce the Hall of Famers. Oh. Whoever is hosting is always a comedian. They always have pretty good monologues where they make fun of a bunch of players. The last few years, it's been um, who hosts Family Feud now? Oh yeah, Steve Harvey. Yeah, he's done it like the past three years. Huh. It's, it's the monologue is always pretty good, and is how he makes fun of players around the league is, is always pretty good. But other than that, it's it's always weird because they always pre-record it before it airs on TV. So by the time you watch it, you already know who won. Yeah, that's true. So it's like, like every good award show, every good I, good in air quotes, <laughs> I guess. But yeah, so we already know who wins by the time the show airs. It kind of takes the the surprise out of it. Yeah. But at any rate, uh, so that's what we're going to predict here. We're going to predict the different categories: offensive rookie of the year. Stevens, a rookie of the year, head coach, all that. And we added a little wrinkle to this as well. A little twist. A little twist. Not only are we going to predict who we think league-wide are going to win these awards, we're also going to have Packers-focused who we think are going to win each of these categories. Uh, I like it. Yeah, so we're going to get started with uh, the Don Shula NFL High School Coach of the Year. (laughs) (laughs) Is this for real? I have uh, like three pages of notes on this. I I, I figured you would have came prepared. I'll pass. <laughs> you don't have any thoughts on any high school any coaches? Any high school or? coaches? <laughs> no, I don't. I'm going to pick someone in Texas, though, because they do high school football right there. They do high school football right in Texas. Their stadiums are like bigger than, like at least with us, Mizzou is kind of an hour or so away, so we'll go to a couple games a year there. 
and apparently the top, the Texas high schools are bigger than that place. Yeah. So I I just want to throw a curveball at you. Just see if you had anything prepared. I didn't know. I didn't, know I didn't have anything prepared. <laughs> see if you had anything prepared for that. But no, uh, we're going to get into Offensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, Daniel, why don't you take the first one? Okay, do you want league-wide first? Sure. Okay, league-wide, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire from the Kansas City Chiefs, mm. college, LSU. Okay. Damian Williams is one of the players who opted out. And, I mean, the Chiefs are not a running team, I would say, by any means, but they're kind of balanced at times. Mm-hmm. And when they get up big, they need to run out the clock. And so I think as far as opportunities for a young running back, this is so good for Clyde Edwards. He is going to get touches, I think. He may not – I mean, I feel like if I'm looking from an outside standpoint, Andy Reid – looks like it's pretty complicated to understand and fully <laughs> grasp as far as an offensive system and what words they use to describe things. But I just feel like he's going to get the opportunities that maybe some of these other running backs just won't get. Mm. And so I like for him to have a pretty good season and to be that guy who wins that rookie of the year. Because if there's one thing we know about this NFL climate is that Running backs are kind of plug and play right now. Yes. And if you have a good system, a good coach, and kind of good synergy, you're going to put up some numbers. And so I think him being kind of a little bit of a bigger back will help him, especially in some of the colder months and different things like that. So I like him to win the Offensive Rookie of the Year. Cool. What about you for league-wide? League-wide, I'm going to take the same position running back, but I'm going to pick Jonathan Taylor. For the Indianapolis Colts. You don't think he's going to have any problem getting carries for Marlon Mack? No. No? I don't think so. I, huh. I wouldn't be shocked if he ends up taking a lot of carries. He has a great offensive line. That's true. They have to get pressure off of Philip Just Rivers. Just think of if they uh, if Frank Wright is able to do kind of like a two-headed monster thing. Yes. That would help out Philip Rivers so much. Yes. And Marlon Mack's going to be a free agent, and I don't think the Colts are going to want yeah. to invest money. They have the money to spend, but I don't know if they're going to want to invest that money. So they're definitely going to want to look and see what they have in Jonathan Taylor, and I think he's going to get a lot of reps. And he's going to have to take pressure off of Phillip Rivers. That's true. Phenomenal offensive line. That is true. And yeah, so he, It reminds me of like the him. Cowboys the first few years of Zeke, mm-hmm. where it was like, Zeke is really a really good player, but to have that offensive line to run behind will do wonders for a team. Yes. And then I'm wondering also if Jonathan Taylor can kind of become that red zone guy yeah, where he gets the touchdown opportunities mm-hmm. and then Marlon Max kind of the workhorse to get him down to the 20 to the 15 and then Jonathan Taylor just takes off from there. Yeah. So not a bad pick. Yeah. And who's your uh, Packers offensive rookie of the year? I feel like there's only two guys who are going to play. I mean, as much as I want to say like John Runyon or Jake Hansen, yeah. they're just not going to get snaps. Uh, but I never say know. I'm going to go Josiah DeGuara. Okay. Um, I don't think he's going to get crazy snaps, but I feel like towards the end of the year when they kind of figure out what they want to do, if he's going to be that H-back tight end feel, or even, I mean, if this Lovett kid kind of pans out, Mm-hmm. just put him at tight end, have a few more options there because right now, I mean, Big Dog is really that run-blocking type. Um, Robert Tanyan's pretty good as a vertical threat. Jay Sternberger is going to, I guess, evolve into the do-it-all guy. Mm-hmm. But maybe have Josiah DeGora kind of 
filter in with those guys. I mean, I'm cool with that. I'm not yeah. expecting him. I know everyone keeps saying he's going to be the Kyle Juszczyk of the Packers and different things like that, but I'm saying I don't think he has to be that. He could be almost like a Jermichael Finley guy. I know in college he um, took a lot of snaps in the slot and even out wide like Jermichael Finley used to do for the Packers. So i rather see him evolve into that kind of guy yeah. than that kind of movable H-back because I feel like Lovett would play that role a lot better. Mm-hmm. Cool. Who is your Packers rookie of the year? Mine is, uh, and as you mentioned, there's really one of two guys who's going to get a lot of the snaps. <laughs> yes. And I don't. I think it's going to be A.J. Dillon. And I don't even know how much how many snaps he might even get. Yeah, but I I think he's and we, I think we talked about it before. He's kind of gonna be that Derrick Henry prototype, mm-hmm. and potentially be the okay late game pound pound the defenses, run the ball down their throats. Yeah, get first I, downs. I think what uh, Josiah Deguara and what AJ Dillon give to the Packers is another option. Yes, he may not be the main guy, but it's another kind of. Uh, thing that you can throw off the opponent's defense yes. with. With, oh, we've been running Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, kind of two very versatile backs. Oh, hey, we're going to pound you in the mouth with our big running back. Our yes. same thing with Josiah Gore. We've been showing you all these different receivers, different kinds of tight ends. Mercedes Lewis has definitely run block first, and now we're going to throw this guy in the slot against a linebacker or a small safety and kind of kill you that way. Yeah. So I think what they're doing on offense, instead of going, we have five wide receivers who are going to knock your socks off, they're saying, hey, we have pass catchers at every position. Yes that are going to make you scheme differently. Yes. And I think even to that, having different tools in the toolbox that they can pick up and use Absolutely. anytime. And that's what we saw with Aaron Jones last year and how much mm-hmm. he was used in the passing game. But That kinda- Kansas City game screams something that I want to see more of, of moving positional players into just wacky positions yes, and seeing what throw happens. the defenses off and you it's, don't know what to do with it. If defense they has become- later on figured out how to yeah. stop Aaron Jones because they knew we were going to use them as a passing threat, but now add a bunch of different players and different body mm-hmm. types into that equation of we might attack you in different ways. If you want to be the 49ers of the Midwest, which we've kind of talked about on this episode, I don't know if that's totally where they're going, but if you want to do it, this is the formula. I know Kyle Shanahan had that interview. Did you watch that on no, Twitter? No, I missed that. But he was talking about how we want we get five eligible people on the field I don't care if they're wide receivers. I don't care if they're fullbacks. I don't care if they're tight ends. We can scheme differently, and we have the personnel to do that. And I think that is more of the way the Packers should go. Instead of everyone complaining about getting a wide receiver, (laughs) look at all the options we have and, like, capable people to do these jobs. Absolutely. We're going to move on to defensive rookie of the year. Uh, Daniel, you want to go ahead and take – I'll let you choose. Do you want to take the Packers or do you want to take the league as a whole? Let's do the Packers one because we have a joint pick here. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard when the Packers only have two defensive <laughs> draft picks. And one I really of them wish the we were talking round. about a defensive tackle right now, but we're not. <laughs> we're going to be talking about Kamal Martin. Yes. And I want to I wanna kind of adjust this segment a little bit. Let's do special teams rookie <laughs> of the year. Because <laughs> that's where he's going to get a lot of his snaps. I feel like that's where he's going to get a lot of his snaps. But, I mean... It's weird because going into the draft, I probably would have never thought that the middle linebacker room is a little crowded right now. You sign Christian Kirksey. You have Curtis Bolton coming back, who 
was almost on his way to becoming a starter last year. If you remember some of the reports out of camp, you have Ty Summers, Oren Burks, who needs to prove himself because he's in that same boat as Josh Jackson. And now you have Kamal Martin. Mm -hmm. That is five guys who are going to need to prove themselves on this roster. I think one of them is bound to get cut because I don't know how many guys you want to have at that position, especially because a lot of them are similar type players. Yeah. But Kamal Martin, I think, can show up on special teams and win a job. But also, I think his ability to make plays at that position is really going to set him apart. And it's what I think they were lacking last year. And Blake Martinez is he's just really not a playmaker. He's a cleanup guy. Yeah. And so I think the idea of them bringing in Christian Kirksey, who is a little bit more of a playmaker guy, and he's just the younger version of that, I'm here for it. Do you yep. have any thoughts on that? No, I think you covered it well. And again, it's just hard to pick when you have one of two that guys That was kind to pick. of the one bust of this having the Packers version of this segment. Yeah. But what's your all-around league guy who's going to win I think, defensive rookie? I think it's his to lose, but I think it's Chase Young. Yeah. What was he, two overall? Two overall to the to uh, the Washington football team. Washington have, football club. I have, Sorry, <laughs> I, have to, I still have to get used to that. But Chase Young... He's such a beast. He's a beast. He's phenomenal. I think what is kind of why I wanted to pick this name, but you had already written it down, is because of the success of Nick Bosa a few years ago, mm-hmm. two years ago or whatever it was. Like coming from the same college, kind of the same same system. Of, yeah, cut from the same cloth kind of a player, if, yeah. you, if that makes sense. I think he could have a really good year with that yeah. and just being able to kind of rush the passer. Yep. I so mean, I, I think I think job. it's his to lose, but I love I personally love who you picked for this segment. Yeah, I picked Isaiah Simmons out of Clemson. I think him going to Arizona to kind of a defense that's looking for an identity. Yes, they have a few players in Buda Baker, uh, Chandler Jones is still there. Who else? There's Patrick a, Peterson is still there, even though he doesn't want to be. Yeah, I mean. I think he could fit in well. He plays kind of a hybrid linebacker safety position that I think is going to be really beneficial for the team. And, I mean, I like him to be a real star in this league in a few years, especially if they can get more pieces around him. I could see him being a very dominant player. I agree. And I think, I mean, coming from Clemson, a really good program, I think he's going to have opportunities. He was my personal favorite player coming out of the draft. And he was like, if in the dream scenario of the Packers could draft anybody, I would have yeah. for him to get Isaiah Simmons. I, the kid's phenomenal. He's def, like you said, he's definitely going to be a star. He's just a hybrid. Like, yes. could you? I'm, a safety uh, linebacker, linebacker defensive corner. End, slot he's just corner everything, which I think is so cool, so versatile. And if you can get a defensive coordinator, kind of move him around, yeah, and find what he does best in different situations. For a defense that has a lot of holes that couldn't yep. use him in a lot of different places. So I like it a lot. To see use what, him situationally. Yes. See what see what the situation brings, and he'll fill that gap. For sure. The uh, The next category that we have is Comeback Player of the Year. Daniel, I'll let you go ahead and uh, take somebody. I know you just went, but go ahead and uh, I didn't pick who you Let's want. Let's go league-wide League-wide? League-wide, Matthew Stafford. Hmm. He had a little bit of injury trouble towards the end of last year, having David Blau, was it, if I remember right? <laughs> yeah. Kind of backing up week 17, giving the Packers the run for their money. But I think Matthew Stafford, another year under Matt Patricia and their whole staff, I mean, he has really good weapons. 
Yes. I mean, let's see if TJ Hawkinson can kind of take a step forward. Mm-hmm. You still have Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, different pieces like that. And, I mean, I kind of like him going into this season because he is the most underrated player in the NFC North and has been for a long time. Mm-hmm. He's a very good quarterback who just doesn't really get the recognition. But I think if he were to be a, a part of a different organization, he'd be a top-five quarterback in my opinion. Yeah. And he's just very sound, really gritty, always playing to kind of through injuries and different things like that. So I just think Matthew Stafford's going to make a comeback this year. Yeah. I like that pick a lot, and mine is Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> I like your pick. I wanted to pick that, but you yeah, already had. I, I beat you to it. Uh, I, I'm very high on the Steelers going into this year. I think they're going to be a very good team. We talked about that a few episodes. Yeah, ago. we've kind of beat that drum, but I, th- yeah. I think it's, uh, I think it's easily going to be him. I mean, unless he gets hurt again. Uh, but having some new weapons around him, mm-hmm. getting a kind of a fresh start going into the year. I think a year off like the for an uh, older quarterback. I mean, we saw it with Peyton when he had that neck surgery, and mm-hmm. then he came back, kind of had a resurgence. I mean, I could totally see that same kind of possibility for Ben Roethlisberger. Maybe not to the level that Peyton Manning had, but definitely just like kind of regrounding yourself, going back to the basics, and kind of having a pretty young team around you yes. can kind of give you that energy that you need as a an young player. team and the drama out of the building. <laughs> AKA important. Antonio Brown, AKA Antonio Brown and uh, Le'Veon Bell. And he's working out. Who would have thought that working out as an athlete could be a key in an off season. And the guy was like, Oh, I'm actually working out. I, I'll, I'll never get over that. I'll probably bring that up 10 more times. Who's your Packers comeback player? My Packers comeback player of the year is is going to be EQ, which is kind of funny for me to pick this. <laughs> uh, but I think EQ. You are on the EQ hate train. I'm not on the hate train. I'm just not on the hype train for EQ as everybody else was. But there was a lot of optimism for him going into last year, him getting hurt, not being able to play. And I think now coming into 2020 healthy, fresh, and a lot of people are excited about him. And a lot of different people are talking about him getting chances. Yeah, and him kind of having a unique fit for this offense, I think uh, he's kind of the easy pick for comeback player of the year for the Packers. Yeah, I mean, who's yours? Mine, Raven Green. Oh, that's a good pick. Oh, that is a good pick. I mean, the first three weeks of the season when the Packers defense was really, really dominant, he was a major factor, and when he got hurt, you could feel that there was just a missing piece, and they kind of scrambled. A few weeks later, they got Ephraim Campbell back, and I think he added something, but that team just wasn't the same without Raven Green, and it's such a crucial position in a Mike Pettin defense to have that kind of nickel linebacker, nickel safety, nickel cornerback, or whatever you want to call it, to come in and play, and I think he is going to contribute to this defense in a way that will probably not understand if you're just watching as a fan, but if you really study the game and how that defense is set up, Raven Green flies off the page and just the way he can cover and um, help and run. I'm just thinking of that Bears game, how he was all over the field on week one of just playing the run, playing the pass, doing different things, running in on blitzes. I think that was what they were missing a little bit, kind of that Swiss Army Knife player. He's that guy. I think he's the comeback player of the year for the Packers. I, I love that pick. You you refused to tell me who you picked before this episode. Only because I, I, I had to surprise you. Only because I hid somebody from you, so <laughs> you decided to get back at me by hiding one of your own picks. Uh, but mm, is that a, all we have for comeback player of the year? 
Yes, it is. Yeah. Yes, it is. We're okay, on, so we're going to move on, on to Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, I'm debating who you I want. You should start with Packers. Start with Packers? Yeah. I you. picked Jay Sternberger. <laughs> Talk about riding a hype train. <laughs> yes, I am on the, uh, the Jay Sternberger hype train. I think we're going to see him shine. Can I talk about a revelation I'm starting to have? Please. I think Big Bob Tanyan, Robert Tanyan, is going to get a lot of snaps this year. Really? Mm -hmm. Over Jace. Over? Together. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to be Jace runs with this job. I think Tanyan's going to contribute in some way or form. I, or is this you just trying to be on the the Big Bob Tanya hype train? As I'm, on fans, their, I'm on both Packers of their Packers fans hype were hyped I'm for not, Big Bob Tanya going into last year. I'm not picking one or the other. I'm just looking at kind of the signs on the wall in my own heart. This is all about <laughs> me right now. I think Big Bob Tanya is going to get a lot of snaps. Okay. But I, I'm You here, said that last year, too. I'm here for the Jason. Hey, he got hurt. That's all I'm saying. But I'm here for the Jay Sternberger train. I think he's going to have a heck of a year. Yes, I think we're gonna we're gonna see him be used in a lot of different ways this year as a vertical threat. So uh, he was my. I mean, there's not really much more to put to it than he was just my offensive uh, player of the year for the Packers. I like it. Do you want to pick your your Packers or you want to go whole league? I want to go whole league. All right, Christian McCaffrey, <laughs> Mister Fantasy Football, Mister Fantasy Football. It was either between him or Russell Wilson, mm. but I ended up going McCaffrey just because I feel like. They should really rename this award to the running back of the year. <laughs> who wasn't good enough to win MVP? The ru- I mean, yeah, that's the, the running back. That's r- real. Well, who was the last running back? Adrian Peterson a decade ago was the last running back to win uh-huh. MVP. It doesn't happen. And the MVP is the quarterback award. <laughs> Offensive player of the year is the running back award. That's what they really are. That is what it is. But, I mean, Christian McCaffrey is the Panthers' offense. Everything runs through him. And, I mean, barring injury, he's going to have – Probably 750 catching yards, somewhere over uh, a thousand if he just rushing has a, yards. If he just not even exactly what he did last year, even yeah. if he stepped down, still a monster year. So I mean, it's up to Matt Rule to kind of see what he wants to do with him. But I really like McCaffrey going into this year, and I think he can win Offense Player of the Year lickety split. Yeah, mine is Ezekiel Elliott. And, and as you know, Daniel, I, I'm I'm pretty high on Ezekiel Elliott. I, I think, think you're if, high on all the Cowboys. No, no. Even though that's my, it's gonna be a trend for later. But no, no. Uh, and and I hate the Cowboys, so it's weird that I I've, I've picked so many Cowboys, and you'll well, you'll see later on. But I think if Zeke has a normal Zeke, and I'm doing air quotes, a normal Zeke year, yeah, we're gonna be talking about him as having one of the best starts to a career that any running backs ever had. Yeah. I mean, it's it's going to be he's up there. He's good. He's putting together a Hall of Fame career if he has another year like he's had. Uh, and I, I'm just a big believer in Zeke. And with a new offense with Mike McCarthy, I know you like the joke when back when Mike was the head coach of the Packers that he doesn't like to give a running back more than eight to ten carries a game. I think he's going to find ways to use Zeke in different ways offensively. So I think Zeke's going to still get the ball a lot. I don't think it, Mike McCarthy going to Dallas means that Zeke's going to have less carries. No, that's exactly what that means. <laughs> but <laughs> he's changed. He spent the year off and studying film. And yeah, he went to like the Mecca football or something and got re-baptized or something <laughs> as a head coach. I don't know. But, but who knows? It might be wrong. It might be the same old Mike McCarthy. But 
Ezekiel Elliott's my pick, and it might be like me it. fangirling over Ezekiel Elliott because I do love Zeke. And if he if he didn't if if he didn't play for Dallas, I would have a Zeke jersey. That's how much I like Zeke. I just I you, hate that's like one of your quotes. I think they're gonna put that on your headstone. Is if Zeke Elliott wasn't a cowboy, <laughs> I would have his jersey <laughs> and just, be buried in it. <laughs> <laughs> I just I hate the Cowboys, so I just yeah. I refuse to own, you actually ready for own my one. Packers one. Yes, please. I'm kind of torn. I have two names down, but I'm gonna go. Can I just say the two names? Yeah, I will let okay. you have the two. I don't think anyone's gonna be mad that you. Aaron Jones or Devonte Adams? Okay. I I mean, let's just go Aaron Jones. He is really good at everything he does. He's a good pass catcher, good runner. I think he's the best red zone threat in the NFL as far as like. When they get to the 10-yard line and run that inside zone out of shotgun, it's a touchdown every it's time. Touchdown. I don't know why they don't do it every time because they had so much success with it last mm-hmm. year. So I think Aaron Jones is my Packers um, Offensive Player of the Year. Cool. We're going to move on to Defensive Player of the Year. I'm sure debating. I'll take my Packers Defensive Player of the Year, and I'm going to take Kenny Clark. That makes I think, sense I to think me. Mr. December is going to become Mr. Whole Season. I I agree with you. And, and that, guess what? He's playing for a contract. And he's playing for a contract. And if as it, of now, I, as, ho- I hope it gets done before the season starts. Me too. I I much prefer he get paid before then. But if there's a chance he doesn't, and he's going into a contract year where statistically he's in the top five at his position in the league, I think he's at least the third best at his position. Yep. He's going to ball out. He's gonna ball out for a contract, which scares me because again, I don't. I want him playing under a new contract and not give him a little help. <laughs> someone next to him is gonna have to step up. I hope it's Kingsley Kiki, but someone's gonna have to step up and kind of play that second big guy role. Yeah, but I, I mean, that is a good pick, and I love Kenny, so it was an easy pick for me. Absolutely. Who, who are you gonna take next for the Packers? Whoever you want. All right, let's go Packers defensive player of the year. I'm torn again. Oh, gosh. I really like this Packers team. I'm not going to lie. Which, yeah, normally you're very pessimistic. I'm usually pessimistic, but this Packers team, I just, I love a lot of guys, and I feel like there's so many personalities that you can just kind of root for. Mm-hmm. But let's go Jair Alexander. Ooh, like it. Who who are, who are you debating between? Uh, I have four names down. Oh, jeez. I had Jair, Preston Smith, Zadarius Smith, or Adrian Amos. Ooh. But, Jair, we talked about it last episode, but this guy is taking a leap this year. He's going to become that elite corner who players don't want to play against, who quarterbacks fear, who they have to game plan against, who he's going to lock down your number one for quarters at a time. Mm -hmm. Jair Alexander, Defensive Player of the Year for the Packers. I almost said for the whole league, but I will restrain myself. Okay, I love it. I love it. My defensive player of the year for the league as a whole is going to be Nick Bosa. The younger Bosa. The younger Bosa, not the one that just got paid. The younger Bosa. The younger Bosa. A couple weeks ago, I uh, rewatched the Super Bowl this past year with a Uh a friend of mine. And if the 49ers would have won the Super Bowl, Nick Bosa would have been the MVP of that game. (laughs) He nearly killed Patrick Mahomes several times. (laughs) Like Patrick Mahomes was this close. I'm holding my fingers really close together. This close from death. (laughs) <laughs> of Nick Bosa killing him. The dude is a beast. He is. And now having it a full year under his belt, starting in a Super Bowl, 
having that confidence that he is a just a fantastic player. It might be one of the best in his position. He's going to come in and light the league on fire, do it again, rinse and repeat from what he did last year, win defensive player of the year. I like it. Ready for my league-wide one? For your defense player of the year? Yep. Yes. It's going to be given to two players. You and all these multiple players. I'm just saying it's going to be given to two players. They've done this in the past, haven't they? With, like, the split awards. It's going to be... Well, you're hedging your bets here, I guess. Tredavious White of the Buffalo Bills and Stephon Gilmore, the two AFC East powerhouse cornerbacks. Wow. Did Both of them are two of my favorite players to watch on Sundays that are non-Packers. And, I mean, Stephon Gilmore last year was nuts. He yes. played so well. I know, like, he, I watched the, um, what is it, the on Game Pass, the film sessions or whatever, where Brian Baldinger breaks down the guy's play, and Stephon Gilmore did one. And just his ability and his knowledge of the game jumps off the paper and just his physical abilities. And I think he is going to win that award with Tredavious White, who I think is going to make a big step, big leap. And I think I've talked about the three best corners in the NFL in this segment. And I think it goes Gilmore, White, Alexander, Mm. mark me down. All three of them are top-notch players. Dang. And so you're picking uh, Gilmore to win it two years in a row. Which has happened with before. With Tredavious White. With Tredavious it's White. A, it's a split. <laughs> okay. All right. That's fine. That's fine. Which will be interesting. So we're going to move on to Coach of the Year. Did you say your Defensive Player of the Year for the Packers? Yeah, Kenny Clark. Oh, yeah. Totally forgot. How did you do that? I don't know. You, I mean, you have so many players you have to worry about over there because you're picking like three I to know. four if you for every my, category. If you see my paper, oh, it is like lined with players. Yes. And their name's <laughs> all over it. So, I mean, I understand why you would forget because you have so many names you're trying to juggle in your head. Uh, we're going to move on to Coach of the Year. Uh, I'm trying to think. Do I want to do my Packers Coach of the Year? Or do I want to do my uh, league Coach of the Year? I'll go and do my my uh, Packers. And you're, you're thinking, well, Matt, Matt Wilford is the head coach. I'm, I'm looking at the whole coaching sca- staff, Daniel. Yeah, it's uh, basically imagine the assistant Coach of the Year for the Green Bay Packers. Yes, that, that, that's a better way to put it. I'm going <laughs> to... <laughs> hope against hope and pick Mike Penn. <laughs> I'm praying. Are you figuring, trying to are you trying to speak this into I'm the air? I'm willing this into existence that Mike Penn figures out the run defense and we don't get killed. Uh, I hope by he does. Run, I teams. hope you are right. <laughs> oh God, yeah. So <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm laughing through my pain of the <laughs> NFC Championship game. But yeah, I, I hope it's Mike Penn. I hope he figures out this defense. I hope it's Mike Penn too. <laughs> <laughs> Who did you pick for Packers? And we'll go I, I picked Jerry Gray. Hmm. I think with which, ha- which which position again? He is the uh, defensive backs coach for the Green Bay Packers Thank now, you. coming from Minnesota and the Mike Zimmer staff. A real veteran guy. From all the things that I've read and uh, heard about him, he's a very players coach, but he's also kind of a wise guy. Been in the league a long time, and I think with that young group of Chandon Sullivan, of Kadar Holman, of Kevin King, of Jair Alexander, of Josh Jackson, him being a veteran coach and being able to kind of refine, getting fresh eyes on the group, I should say, yes. I think will do dividends for that group in a whole. And I think as a position group, if I were to pick a position group of the Packers to make a significant leap, I think it's the defensive backs as Love a it. whole. 
and I think Jerry Gray, we're going to look back and say he made a big difference. Also, if Mike Pettin were to get fired in the middle of the season, if it's a complete dumpster fire or after the season, I think he is a top candidate to take that spot. Mm, so promote internally. Yep. Interesting move. Do you think do you think LaFour brought him in thinking that, hey, if I have to possibly kick, well, I mean the curb. you gotta think. Kind of Mike Pettin was kind of sprawled on him of hey, can you please keep this guy? Yeah, he's not it wasn't his it choice. It wasn't for his choice. And so I'm wondering if this is kind of the backup plan. Or I mean, Matt LaFleur's been around the NFL, so I'm sure he has other names, a short list that he wants to choose from if that were to occur, but I really hope the Packers don't have to find a defense coordinator after this I hope, year again, because that means they didn't get shredded in the playoffs or in the regular season. Again, I hope Mike Pettin figures it out. Absolutely. We, we don't have to visit that. So my – actually, I'm going to let you take uh, – League-wide coach League-wide coach of the year. Cliff Kingsbury. Love that pick. I think – I'm not sure how good the Arizona Cardinals are going to be this year, but I just think they're going to take a leap – and people are going to be really excited about their 2021 season. I think Kyler Murray is going to start to put in some different things to his game that is going to translate well in the NFL. Get more refined in year two. Get more refined, and I think, I don't know, I like Cliff Kingsbury. I I like that pick. I like his house that we got to see at the draft. I like his house, too. (laughs) That immaculate house. Absolutely. Mine, and as I mentioned earlier, you're going to notice a theme. This is not who I want to win it. Can we be clear? This is just who I think is going to win it. I think the Cowboys are going to have a really good year. And I think Mike McCarthy is going to be head coach of the year. You know he doesn't coach for the Green Bay Packers, right? I know he doesn't coach for the Green Bay Packers. He coaches for the Dallas Cowboys. But I, I honestly think the Cowboys are going to be in the running for the best record in the league. I mean, they have the roster to do it. They have the roster. They have the talent to do it. And I think with Mike taking the year off and getting fresh eyes and coming in with a whole bunch of new toys to play with and a quarterback who's going to be either – Playing on a playing on a contract to prove that he deserved the contract, or he's going to be playing to earn a contract, and that's going to that's a teaser for later. But I think Mike McCarthy will win head coach of the year for the Dallas Cowboys. That's a good pick. And the Dallas Cowboys winning is always good for the league. The ratings are always good when the Cowboys are winning. So I think the the pump up the Cowboys when they have a really good year. They're gonna this is going to be a shoe in for Mike McCarthy. We're going to move on to the last category that we have, which is MVP. I'd like to do league-wide first. Sure. Patrick Mahomes, and mm. I am done. I would like to move on. <laughs> <laughs> no, Not I th- much else to say about it. <laughs> I think Patrick Mahomes, I mean, if he plays every game like he did two years ago, and the only reason why I didn't win it last year was because he was hurt for three games? Four? Four games? I can't remember. Yeah. I mean, there's not much more to say. I think Patrick Mahomes will win it. I think... A guy to mention who could win it is Russell Wilson, but I think it's Patrick Mahomes is basically to lose. Like your confidence in Chase Young to win his award is my confidence in Patrick Mahomes, and I would not like to talk about it a whole lot. <laughs> my, I'm going to go and do my Packers MVP. I'm going to pick Aaron Rodgers. I'm here the team for it. rises here and for falls it. with with twelve. Uh, I don't know if we're going to get that like Aaron Rodgers revenge year that everybody like on Twitter keeps talking yeah. about him having. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be Aaron Rodgers. I said this a few episodes ago, but I really do think he's getting 30, 30 touchdown passes this yeah. year. People keep saying, no, under, under, under. No, he's getting 30. 
Yeah, I, I think I think he'll he'll be the MVP of the team. He'll be the one that carries the team. The rest of the team's rising with him. He's not yeah. Putting I the team think on his also back. we saw something in Rogers last year of his leadership abilities that we haven't seen in a few years. Yes. he was a very strong leader, and that is going to speak volumes to this young football team for sure. So, not much more to say than that. I think twelve is going to be the Packers MVP. Who would yours? you like to do your league wide one? No, I want you to do your your Packers MVP. Okay, mine's cheesy. Matt LaFleur is the <laughs> Packers MVP. What? You can't pick the coach? I can pick the coach. The way, oh, my gosh. Okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I don't know why, but the last <laughs> two weeks I've had this this spot in my heart, and it's been for Matt LaFleur. I don't think there's another guy on this earth who could run this team like he is right now. I have confidence in him. I feel safe. I can sleep at night. So because for the record, for the record, of because we're recording this, you have officially joined my side. I love Matt LaFleur from day one. You were skeptical. I was skeptical because all I knew was Mike McCarthy. <laughs> and he won you over. He won me over. Wow. I'm a simp. For me. I'm, I am a simp for Matt LaFleur now. Uh, this is enlightening for me. For I you. know. This is new. But I, I think... His abilities as a coach this year are just going to grow. I keep hearing this said, and I kind of agree with it. The Packers might have a worse record this year, but they're going to be a more put-together football team. Love it. I think they're going to – I mean, if their identity is winning ugly, I'm here for it. But I think this year they're going to blow out a few teams, and they're going to be contenders in every game like they were last year. And hopefully when we go out in the West Coast, the few times that we do, we don't get our socks blown off like we did last year. But, yeah, Matt LaFleur is my MVP. I think what he's going to grow in as a coach this year is basically picking out the weak spot of the defense and exploiting it. And him and Rodgers having an offseason kind of together to really kind of refine what happened last year to hopefully install no huddle offense, which yeah, I think I would do – Crazy good things for Rodgers and Inglefor both have said we, they we both didn't really have hinted didn't get to, to it. The hurry up they both have hinted at it. I think it's Matt Lafleur MVP for the Green yeah, Bay that, Packers. That just that just does my heart good to see to see you finally join my side of the Matt Lafleur argument. You're not you're not down on him anymore. I I could just I could be done. <laughs> we could just sit no. In. We have to hear you. <laughs> he he has the MVP on our pieces of paper. Well, no, on for, mine, not yours. He has surprise. Yes, for his because I didn't want to tell Daniel. I wanted to get his genuine reaction. It's been a trend again. Not, not that I wanted to be, but I, this is just what I feel. Is it going to be Jerry Jones? <laughs> Is Jerry Jones going to find the COVID vaccine with all of his money and purchase it for everyone? No. Is that the MVP? <laughs> no. No, my MVP is Dak Prescott. Makes sense. And like I mentioned earlier <laughs> with, with Mike McCarthy, Dak is either going to be playing to, you know, to justify the contract he just got if he gets extended. Well, actually, no, I'm sorry. He can't be extended now, can he? I don't think so. No. I don't think he can. I'm sorry. So he he is playing for a contract. That uh, he is. <laughs> he is. So he's gonna be playing with his hair on fire, and he's got the weapons. Adding CD Lamb, I was so mad when the Cowboys drafted CD Lamb because he was a good the pickup, best player available, and a fantastic offensive weapon for. I mean, a team. they still have Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup. And Michael too. Gallup and Zeke. 
So adding another weapon in Dak, and I actually have some stat- stats here for Dak. Uh, and he was kind of went under the radar. Uh, you know, everyone was enamored with Lamar Jackson, but I mean, he he had almost had five thousand passing yards. Yeah, those were all before Thanksgiving too. Yeah, your whole thing is he <laughs> stops playing after Thanksgiving. The whole Cowboys team stops playing after <laughs> Thanksgiving. Uh, but yeah, my my pick for league wide MVP is a kind of a different pick. It's different. It's not trendy, but it makes sense in my head. Yeah. So sure. so my pick is one Dak Prescott. I like it. You ready to wind this thing down? I guess. Daniel, where can people find you on the internet? People can find me at Daniel Marhenka on Instagram and Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's M-A-R-H-A-N-K-A. Okay. Where and can you can find, find you? me on Twitter and Instagram at Austin A. Gann. You can also follow the podcast. Be sure to follow the podcast at Titletown Podcast on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. And Facebook just released though. Facebook. Well, by the time it's you're fresh. hearing this, it it'll be a few Hopefully days. Hopefully, we'll past have some fresh, content up there, and we'll have to start having content on Facebook. Be sure to follow us there. But we have a special announcement, right? Yes, there was a, there was a news item that we left off the news for the very end. Go ahead. We're coming to Green Bay. We are going to Green Bay, baby. We are going to Green Bay. Next episode will be shot live from there, and we're hoping to have some kind of filler content while we're there. And kind of, we're going up there almost as like a a retreat, if that makes sense. We know that we won't have any contact really with players or practice or any of that stuff, but we're going to shoot some different content some video content should be coming soon yeah and also just to kind of relax i think we're gonna hit up milwaukee and maybe port washington or a few things like that just to kind of get away and socially distance while we're there i guess it's very excited for that trip again be sure to follow us on social and keep up with us as we're going along we'll be sure to update it but we'll have some pretty cool content absolutely and if there's any ideas or thoughts or opinions you want from us make sure to reach out to us like we're always open for ideas yes our kind of fresh things because i mean especially if you haven't been to green bay and you're like i've always wanted to know about this or that or see a part of green bay that like doesn't get a whole lot of kind of publicity let us know because i mean this is probably my seventh or eighth time up there this is my sixth this is your sixth so that yeah that'd be about seven or eight for me i mean i feel like i know the city a little bit better (laughs) than i had before so so just give us some some suggestions on some different looks or if you have some suggestions on what we should do while we're up there restaurants always open for new ideas absolutely so i'm really excited for that trip and uh you'll have some content to keep up with afterwards as well but until then see ya Adiós.